0: New building, amen. amen. I'm excited too. We got some, uh, we got some work to do. Amen. Amen. But uh. If you turn turning your Bibles to First uh, Corinthians chapter ten, and while you're getting there, I want to read this verse in First uh, Corinthians nine. 19 through 23 says for though I am free from all men I have made myself a servant to all that I might win the more and to the Jews I became as a Jew that I might win Jews and to those who are under the law as under the law that I might win those who are under the law and to those who are without law As without law, not being without law towards God, but under the law towards Christ, that I might win those who are without law. To the weak, I became as weak that I might win the weak. I have became all things to all men that I might by all men save some. Now this I do for the gospel's sake that I may be a partaker of it with you. Amen. And then 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 33 says just as I also please all men in all things not seeking my own profit but by the profit of many that they may be saved. Imitate me just as I also imitate Christ. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for this service, Lord. We just ask that you just take over, Lord, that you just use this time, Lord, to, to just allow us to, to, to be in your presence, Lord, and allow us to hear from you, Lord. Lord, we just ask that you just take over our minds, Lord, take over our hearts, Lord, and just allow us, Lord Jesus, just to, just to know who you are, Lord, And just to know who we are in you, Lord Jesus, by the end of this service, Lord. Lord, we thank you. We love you. We give you all the glory and all the praise in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. So when you think about those two verses, you just you think about becoming all things to all men. And some can take that to the extreme and and do things that that's unnecessary but when i was reading this verse what came to me is that everything he did was to win souls there was not one thing he said he did for his own good he did it to win souls and so when you think about winning souls what are you doing to win souls That's a personal question that each and every one of us in here need to ask ourselves. What are we doing to win souls? And I was just thinking about, I I try my best not to get on Facebook too much, but sometimes I get on there and all I see is Christians going at other Christians. And, And then you got the the give it to them raw Christians who they just talk to people any kind of way and they use scriptures and so they just think they think they justify by doing it they just oh well you're going to hell and, and that's it I don't care what you do if you don't do it this way you're going to hell and they say they read the Bible Because that's not how my God did it. And so me, I want to be one of those become all things Christians. The Christian who, who don't have to put anyone down to tell someone about Jesus. who don't have to tell someone about every bit of part of hell just to get them to even acknowledge Jesus Christ. And when I was thinking of that, I was like, how can I relate that to to me? Because when you read something, when I read it, I want to be able to break it down to where it's elementary for me that I can be able to understand it and not only understand it, but be able to teach someone else. And so I thought about teachers in school. You have those teachers who they don't care what anyone says. They're not going to change at all. They're going to teach it this way. And how many ever get it the way that they teach it? That's fine. The rest of them, you should have did better. But you think about those other teachers who at the beginning of the school period, the first day of school, they hand you a paper. Tell me the things you like to do. Tell me the the things you like to read. Tell me the things that interest you. And I remember thinking back to school, those are the teachers who adapted to my situation because I was a difficult person. Man, you know, but. But those teachers who said, I'm going to get to know him. I'm going to get to know something about him. I'm not just going to come out here and just preach it the way I was taught and, and that's it. They say, you know what, I'm going I'm to learn these things. And you have the, the subject of math. A lot of people like math is so hard. But if you know how to teach that person, math is easy. Math is, is, is one of those things that's constant but you have to learn how to teach that person. And, and when I thought about that, I was like, okay, so, so what, are you, what are you saying? What, what, how, how do I teach that to someone else? When we're preaching the gospel to someone, we don't have to say, if you don't do it this way, you're going to hell. Some people may need that. Some people may need it the other way, of Jesus loves you. Some people may need it in the way of Jesus been been through what you've been through. Some people may need it in the way of you got to do this and you got to do this and then you do this and then you give Jesus a chance and you do this. But it's just all about talking to that person it's all about praying for that person when we wake up in the morning we should be on our knees asking God who can we talk to this morning who can we speak to throughout this day Lord Jesus but so many times we have people that just wake up 15 minutes before they got to get to work and they go to work and they, they haven't prayed to God and I don't know how long but they the first one to raise their hands I'm a Christian and the people that work like what You are. What church you go to? Oh, this one. I go to this one. And that person like, cool, I'll make sure I don't go there. But we are called to do more today. We are called to be witnesses of Christ. We are called to to win souls. That's what Jesus told us. Right before he left, he told us, hey, you need to go win souls. Go into this world, preach the gospel to all nations. And a lot of people do that on their own merit. They go and they don't say, how can I win souls? They say, I'm going to just go and I'm going to preach it to them how I'm going to preach it. And they're going to either like it or they're not. And if you look at those people's lives, you see zero fruit. You can go and look at each and every one of them. They have zero fruit. Because this Bible can minister to you, can minister to you, to you, to you, to you, in all different ways. God gave us, each and every one of us, he gave us all a testimony. And he gave us that testimony to go win souls he gave us that testimony to go tell people to be able to relate to those people but a lot of times we just sit at church and just you know you know this is what i do on sundays i go to church this is what i do on wednesdays i go to church when is the last time you told someone about jesus when was the last time you went and salt? out someone and told him about jesus when was the last time you say hey do you know jesus when was the last time you gave somebody a jesus card when was the last time you went out and just went out of your way went out of your comfort zone and said hey jesus loves you these are all things that we should be doing We shouldn't be those people that just come to church one day a week or or two days or three days or how many other days without doing something outside of these walls to win souls for Christ. And when I think about that, I, I thought about the way pastor got saved. He said he needed to be hit over the head by with the two by four. He needed the the you're going to hell message for him. That's what he needed. And then you think about me, I needed the um hey um can you come to church on a Tuesday? That's what I needed. And maybe you needed something totally different. But it's by the spirit, says the Lord, that we come into this place. Our testimonies can save absolutely no one. Our testimonies are tools to be able to adapt to that person, to be able to come become like that person, that they may be saved. Amen? And so the title of my message is Choices Christians Must Make If Dot 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 Turn me to Deuteronomy Chapter 30 Verses 14 through 19. Say amen when you get there. Amen. Starting in verse 14, it says, but the word is very near you in your mouth and in your heart that you may do it. See, I have set before you today life and and good death and evil in that i command you today to love the lord your god to walk in his ways and to keep his commandments his statutes his judgments that you may live and multiply and the lord your god will bless you in the land which you go to possess but if your heart turns away so that you do not hear and are drawn away and worship other gods and serve them. I announce to you today that you shall surely perish and you shall not prolong your days in the land which you cross over the Jordan to to go in and possess. I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Therefore, choose life, that both you and your descendants may live. We have a choice today, church. We have a choice to live as Jesus lived or to not live as Jesus lived. Because we all call ourselves Christians. We all call ourselves followers of Jesus Christ. And you can't follow someone without doing what they do. And so today we have a choice that all of us as Christians must make. If we want to make heaven our home. If not, I don't know what to tell you, just... Keep doing what you're doing, I guess. I don't know. But we all have a choice. God gave us a choice. And that's the most one of the most amazing things that I love about my God. Is he didn't force me to bow down to him. He didn't force me to come to church. He didn't force me to say Jesus Christ is Lord. He gave me an option. He gave me a choice. He said, Dwayne, you can, you can continue down your road of, of alcoholism. You can continue down your road of doing whatever it is that you want to do, son. And I'll still love you. Or you can come and follow me. And I'll show you a better way. And not only that, but the people around you will also go that way. Because something that a lot of Christians don't realize is that it's a lot of people in the world don't realize is that it's about more than just us. The the decisions we make, the choices that we make, they're not just about us. And so as I was up last night, extra early, um, I began to think about my three kids and what they would have been doing if i didn't choose to follow jesus how they would be if they, if if i didn't choose to follow jesus i couldn't wrap my head around it i tried to just think of different things but it just wouldn't work because i wouldn't i would hate to see my kids learning something from me as that old person But I thank God for saving my life. And He not only saved my life, He saved my family's life. And so, therefore, every day that I wake up, I'm like, God, I need you. God, show me what I must do for you. Because I'm thankful not because I have to do any of those things. None of us have to wake up and and read our Bibles. None of us have to wake up and pray. But when I came to this church, they taught me something. And it truly stuck with me, and I love it. We get to pray. We get to read our Bible. We get to win souls. We get to do things for God. Amen? Amen. And so if you turn over to Matthew chapter 12, we got a lot of scriptures we're going to get to. Verse 30. Matthew 12, verse 30, it says, He who is not with me is against me, and he who does not gather with me scatters abroad. And then you go to up to verse 25. It says, But Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself. Is brought to desolation. And every city and house divided against itself will not stand. And so when you think about us going out, our whole purpose shouldn't be to try to win other Christians over. Our whole purpose should be to win those who don't know Jesus Christ. Because if we spend all our time trying to go after the Christians then the house is divided and a house divided it says cannot stand and so when you think about the world today and you think about the groups that are making moves guess what they're doing they're standing together And we as Christians, we have to stand together. But so many times we want to do it the way that we want to do it. And we don't stand with our brothers and our sisters. We say, you know what? That's good for you. You're doing it your way. I'm going to do this part over here. But we have to do more as Christians to stand together to say, you know what? We are going to do this. That church that we have built, that church that we are fixing up, it should be a we thing. It shouldn't be a y'all thing. Or you guys are doing an amazing job. Good job, guys. We all should want to pitch in in some way, somehow. But today I wanted to look at the greatest example we have in how to live, in how to live as a Christian, how to do things as a Christian, and that's Jesus Christ. And so I only chose four of the choices that Christians must make in order to do it how Jesus did it. And those four choices is you have to deny yourself. We have to be obedient. We must forgive. And last but not least, we must love. And so if you'd uh, turn into your Bibles to Proverbs 30. And the first one is deny yourself. In verse 8 and 9, starting in verse 8 and 9. Y'all there? Amen. It says, remove falsehood and lies far from me. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with the food allotted to me, lest I be full and deny you. And say, who is the Lord? Or lest I be poor and still and profane the name of my God. When I read that, I was like, what? So I read it again. And that should be a prayer. I mean, I know that we want more than enough. We want it running over. We want all those good things. But we serve a God that knows us more better than we know ourselves. And so for me, I can't ask for more than enough. Because I I realized in my life that if I had more than enough before I got saved, I wouldn't be here tonight. God had to do an amazing work in me. He, He allowed me to go through things that made me look up to him. And like I was saying, we are all individual people. And so there may be some of us who can have that. But I know for me, God, I want what you have for me. Nothing more, nothing less. God, I want what you have for me. Because I know that what you have for me is is enough for me to do what you've called me to do. And if we continue reading in uh, verse uh, 11, it says, this generation that curses its fathers and does not bless its mother. There is a generation that is pure in its own eyes, yet it is not washed from its filthiness. There is a generation, oh, how lofty are their eyes, and their eyelids are lifted up. There is a generation whose teeth are like swords and whose fangs are like knives to devour the poor from off the earth and the needy from among men. And I begin to think of that when you think about denying yourself. Giving to the poor That's a way to deny yourself. Giving to someone who don't have what you have That's a way to deny yourself. When you think about those things, it says there's a generation who curses its father and does not bless its mother. One of the things I try to teach my kids is to say, yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Because it's a sign of respect. I mean, when you just hear kids just, yeah. Give me that. Don't say thank you. It hurts my ears. And I know if they grew up in my household, they would have, you know, you know, so. But, uh. You just think about those things and you think about the the generation that we grew that 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 is today. It's a me generation. It's not a deny yourself generation. It's a what can I get? God, what can I get from you? I have several friends right now who hate God right now because they didn't get what they asked for. Who that's all they do. They spend their whole time just hating God and hating people that love God. That's all they do. Why? Because they didn't get what they asked for. They take the one scripture, God, if I ask, it will be given to you. And they run with it. And then I said, what would you do for God? No answer. I prayed to them. That's another answer. I prayed to him. That's what I did. But what did you do for the kingdom of God? What did you do to deny yourself? That's a tough question to ask people. But that's a question we must ask when we get down deep into it all. So you begin to just think about denying yourself. If you turn to Matthew 10 verse 33. You begin to think about Jesus Christ and and how he would do it. How did Jesus Christ deny himself? Or let's start in verse 32, Matthew 10, 32, says, Therefore, whoever confesses me before men, him I will also confess before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, him I will also deny before my Father who is in heaven. Like, okay, I I see the word deny, but where is that deny myself in that one? when you take a closer look into your lives and into the lives of those who deny Jesus Christ, it's still something that they're hanging on to. It's still something that they want to do with their lives. They're not ready to give up their whole entire lives and and give it all to Jesus Christ. So therefore, they deny him. And you think about those who give their lives to Jesus Christ totally. They deny themselves the, the things that they could be doing. Like, man, I know I could have an awesome career right now somewhere else. But I want to give my life to Jesus right here and let Jesus move in my life. And if he send me somewhere else, then I'll go to that other place. But until then, I'm going to stay here and I'm going to win souls for Jesus Christ. That's how you deny yourself. And if you turn to chapter 16 of the same book. In verse 24. In verse 24 it says. Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. And whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my for my sake will find it. For what profit? For what profit is it to a man to gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man will come in the glory of his Father and with his angels, and then he will reward each according to his works. So if we call ourselves Christians, the Bible made it plain and clear that we must deny ourselves. When we say, you know what, I want to live for Christ, We must deny ourselves. But that's one of the hardest things to do. Because we we store up so much here on this earth. We, We have a job. We got a house. We got family. We got all those different things going on in our lives. And it's like, Jesus, which part of this do I give up for you? And Jesus said, all of it. And then what we do is we begin to say, okay, what is all of it? Like, do you mean, like, do I need to quit my job? Do I need to, what do I need to do? Put me number one. And we begin to think about, okay. So what we do is we just continue to question stuff until Jesus give us the answer we want which he will not do. We say, okay, well, I'll put you first, but how do I do that? When you wake up in the morning, give thanks to me. Throughout your day, pray without ceasing. Go win souls. Go do all these things. All the things that the Bible tells you to do, go do them. Uh, On Sundays... I can do it on Sundays, Jesus. I ain't got nothing to do. I said I go to church on Sundays. Is that cool? And we begin to take steps, take steps to go the other way. But I want to tell you that Jesus said we must deny ourselves if we want to come after Him. We must give up everything in our lives for him and in his word he says that those things that we give up for him he'll give them back to us he made a promise he said he'll give them back to us but we must put him first and so if you turn to titus 1 16 as they profess to know God, but in works they deny Him, being abominable, disobedient, and disqualified of every good work. I mean when you're not at church, when you at home when you're at home, when you're at school, when you're at church, what are you doing? Are you professing Jesus Christ? Are you living as you talk? Are you saying I'm a Christian but the laziest one at work? Are you saying I'm a Christian but lie more than anybody? Are you a Christian but you take shortcuts every chance you get? We have to be people of integrity we have to be who jesus called us to be we have to be just like jesus was that's who we should be striving to be after we shouldn't be striving to be like me or 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 pastor or, or anyone else unless they're following christ and we follow all of the good things we follow all of the good things says follow me as I follow Christ we follow all of the good things we take the good we like yeah okay I like that pastor wake up in the morning he pray I like that okay he does this he do- I like that too I like this and if it's something bad nah I'm not gonna do that one because that's not what Jesus did as long as we're following Jesus Christ we should be following those things we should be looking for someone to follow this morning because a lot of times we just, we put all our hope and our faith in in a church. We put all our hope and our faith in this one person. And I know for me growing up, just seeing the examples that I had, it wasn't a good thing. And because of those examples, I, I didn't want anything to do with Jesus. I didn't want anything to do with church. But then once I came in, I began to realize, and I had friends that talked to me and, and sat me down and said, you know what, it's not about what those people did. Because if you think that you're fixing to get to heaven and, and, and get right in front of God and be like, you know what, that pastor that I, I followed, he, he wasn't a good guy. And God may say, you know what, he wasn't. But did you read my word? Did you follow my Bible that I gave you? Did you follow my son's example that I gave you? He's not going to spend any more time talking about that pastor that you grew up not knowing. And so it's up to us to open up this Bible and read it daily and follow it. And the second thing, we have to be obedient. my God was obedient, amen turn to Luke chapter 2 Starting in verse 41. Say amen when you get there. It says in verse 41. It says, his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem according to the custom of the feast. And when they had finished the days... As they returned, the boy, the boy Jesus lingered behind in Jerusalem. And Joseph and his mother did not know it. But supposing him to have been in the company, they went a day's journey and sought him among their relatives and acquaintances. And so when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem seeking him. And now so it was that after three days, they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. And so they, and so they saw him and they were amazed. And his mother said to him, son, why have you done this to us? Look, your father and I have sought you anxiously. And he said to them, why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? But they did not understand the statement which he spoke to them. Then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject to them. But his mother kept all things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and their favor and their favor with God and men. And I want to read verse 51 again. It says, he went down with them and came to Nazareth. And in my Bible, it has another word for subject. And it says, obedient. It says that he was obedient to them but his mother kept all things in her heart and so you think about like how was he obedient when he was missing for three days so I was like okay I have a son he's nine years old we, we go camping and we go hiking and different stuff like that. Every five minutes I have to turn around and say, Elijah, get up here with the rest of us. And he don't just do it, just, you know, he just sees stuff. He like, okay, what's that? And then he just go doing whatever he do. He He's looking down, he's looking at the rocks, he's doing all different type of stuff. And so he get behind us. And we all going, we all trying to get to where we're trying to get to, and we look back, and he's way back there. And and that was pretty cool that, you know, God showed me that. Like, okay, well, he wasn't being disobedient. He didn't sneak around. He didn't hide behind a rock and wait for his parents to leave. And then I was like, okay, well, this is my time. You know, that's not what he did. You know, I said he lingered behind. Which means he followed behind slowly. It's like, oh. And then got caught up like kids do. Like, oh, what would you say about a video game? Oh, okay. And so he, he went that way. But they was probably talking about God, and that's his video game. You know, and so when you think about those things, you just think about just how amazing God is to where they came back and was like, hey. And Jesus was like, hey, do you know I'm about my father's business? How many of us have said that one? Mom, it's okay. I'm going out to win souls tonight. You don't have to worry about me. I'm going out to the mall to win souls, not to spend all your money. Wouldn't that be nice? That would be amazing. Amen? But you just see his obedience that he... he, He could have took that opportunity and said, you know what? I know that angel came to you and told you who I was. You know what I'm supposed to be doing here. And I'm going to get back to it. But he said, you know what? Yes, madam I'll follow you. I'll continue to go. And that's how we should be as Christians. Amen. And I want to show you Another. Example of how my God was obedient in Philippians chapter two, starting in verse uh, five. It says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, whom being in the form of God did not consider a robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming into the likeness of men and being found in the appearance of a man. He humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Therefore, God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. That is the name of Jesus. Every knee shall bow. And of those in heaven and those on earth and those who are under the earth, and that every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God our Father. Amen. That's the God that we serve. He obedient. And if our God was obedient, then we must be obedient as well. Amen. And the next one, we must forgive. And if we turn to uh, Matthew. Chapter six. starting in verse 14 it says for if you forgive men of their trespasses your heavenly father will also forgive you but if you do not forgive men of their trespasses neither will your father neither will your father forgive you your trespasses and i know one of the biggest things in 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 a person's life is forgiveness and that's forgiving ourselves that's forgiving other people because we have some, some people in this world who do different things. But when we confess Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we have to find a way to forgive that person. It may not be the easiest. It may not be something that you enjoy, but it's something that we must do. Because if we don't forgive, then our our Heavenly Father can't forgive us. And a lot of times we think that if we forgive someone, we condone what what they did, and that's not it at all. But it's saying, you know what? I I know that my God forgave me, so I'm going to do the same thing, and I'm going to forgive you. Amen? And the last one is love. And for time, we're not going to go to these. I'm going to just give them to you. In John 15, 9, it says, As the Father have loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. In John 3, 3, 16, For God so loved the world that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. I do want to go to Romans 5, though. Romans 5 starting in verse 5 It says <clears throat> Now hope does not disappoint because the Love of God has been poured out Into our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us And then you go down to verse 8 it Says but God demonstrated His own love towards us And that while we were still sinners Christ died for us much More than having Not been justified by his blood We shall Be saved from wrath through him. And that's one of my favorite scriptures because I realized that God saved me. And he saved me from from wrath, it says in this word. But we have to realize that In order to love you have to do something that doesn't come natural to us. And that's denying yourself. That's that's doing that's loving someone with with unconditional love. That's what our God did for us. See a lot of times we we don't take the time to put ourselves in God's shoes. Why in the world would my God died for me after what I did to him. I'll never know. But I have to just say, you know what? By faith, I trust that you've forgiven me of those things. And some people in here may be better than others, but the Bible says we're all sinners. Each and every one of us. And that our God died for each and every one of us while we were still sinners. Amen? Amen. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know about you guys, but that verse get me every time because I just think about my life and how crazy I was. And God was like, I'm going to still die for you. I'm going to still love you, son. And then 1 John chapter 4, verses 16. It says, and we have known and believed the love that God has for us. It says, God is love. And he who abides in love abide in God, and God in him. And in verse 17, it says, love has been perfected among us in this. That we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love. But perfect love casts out fear. Because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. And then verse 19, it says, we love him because he first loved us. Amen? And so when you think about those, I, I chose four. There's a lot more that our God did, amen. But I chose those four because I know that we can do that we can do these things but it takes us doing something on our part. And so it says that we must deny ourselves, that we must be obedient, we must forgive, and we must love. And as the musicians come, I have another one that's near and dear to my heart that I think about all the time. Jesus gave us the perfect example of how to be a Christian of how to live of how to love of how to deny ourselves and I thank him for that all the time but when God give you verses like these he lets you know that it's personal as well and another thing that my God did that we all should want to do one day is he ascended into heaven think about that day all the time especially when I'm going when I'm having a hard time when I'm not understanding why life is throwing the things at me that it's throwing at me I begin to reflect on that day when I'll be in heaven with him. And I won't have any more pain, any more sorrows. I'll just be in the presence of my God, spending the rest of my life with him. In Luke, chapter 24 verse 50 through 53 it says he led them out as far as Bethany and he lifted up his hands and blessed them and now it came to pass that while he blessed them that he was parted from them and carried up into heaven and they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continuously continually in the temple praising and blessing God When my God left, they, didn't, they wasn't sad. It says they left and were filled with great joy. And they went back into the temple and they praised him. That's so we should think about during praise and worship time that my God left, but he'll be back. And then again, it said it in Mark chapter 16 in verse 19 and 20. It says, so then, after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. And they went out and preached everywhere. And the Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs. My God didn't just leave. He's here right now. He's moving in this place. His Holy Spirit is is knocking on hearts right now. all over this place. He said, I know you. He said, I've loved you from the very beginning of your life. He said, I want you to spend eternity with me. He said, all I asked you to do is one thing. believe in me believe that I came down from heaven believe that I became a man believe that I died on a cross for you and that I was buried and I rose again and I went up to heaven so that my Holy Spirit could come down and knock on your heart this morning. And so all over this place, I just want to ask the question from left to right, front to back, all over this place. do you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior if you're not sure just raise your hand and put it back up I like to pray for you amen I see your hand and I'd like to ask another question personal question to each and every person in this place that if you were to die this morning when you walk out of these doors if you were to die would you spend eternity in heaven and if you say I I, I don't know I would like to but I'm not quite sure if you're not 100% sure this morning Just raise your hand and put it back up. I'd like to pray for you. If we'd all stand to our feet this morning. Mighty God, Amen. We serve a God that loves us unconditionally. And I know that in this place this morning, and we love Him. us to come down to this altar this morning and just speak to him this morning just saying God if you can use anything Lord use me that should be something we all are praying for God just use me this morning